According to Tom Rayner, the majority of Protestant churches in America average 10 or less salvations a year. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Kelly. It's good to be here. Here we are, finally, episode number one. After months of working on this as a team, we're excited to launch GoCast. Yes, absolutely. I think this podcast is going to be helpful for many churches out there. Before we get too much into it, do you just want to give a premise on why we're doing this podcast to begin with? Yeah, months ago, I read an article from Tom Rayner who, who stated that the majority of Protestant churches in America averaged 10 or less salvations in the last 12 months. Wow. That's less than one a month. Yes. And I, I was greatly disturbed by that statistic. And I thought, man, we got to do something about that. We talked about it as a team. We have to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So we came up with this idea of doing a podcast called GoCast. Come Here we on. are. Yeah, there's so many churches out there, I think, that that are reaching souls that that may not uh, may not ever get broadcast or advertised, but there's churches out there doing uh, some amazing things. Yeah, that, we started talking about that as a team. We thought lots of friends, lots mm-hmm. of pastors that we know that are killing the statistic. They're going way above and beyond the 10 a year that is yeah. the average. And so we thought, what if we were to have interviews and conversations with them and see what they're doing, poke into their world a little bit, yeah. and if we could discuss discover some insight on how they're doing it, all of us could get better Absolutely. at soul winning. So that's what this format of this podcast is going to be. It's going to be interview format. We're interviewing some amazing pastors, amazing leaders Love it. that we can't wait to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our first interview, okay. let me ask you a, a question. All right. All right. So have you ever felt stuck? Uh, yeah, actually, last night I was stuck physically. I was stuck in the McDonald's play place trying to get my kids out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture you and your six foot four frame in a McDonald's play place. Yeah, I'm quite the contortionist. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Uh, in all reality, though, I, I have been emotionally stuck in my life. There was a time where I was working four jobs, you know, and and doing stuff at the church and being heavily involved and just not getting to that destination that I felt God wanted me to be at. And so, and I'm I'm probably not alone. I'm sure there's many out there that that have felt stuck in that same situation. Well, that that is, I think many of us have definitely been there. Mm-hmm. And my interview today was with my good friend, Pastor Micah Pelkey. Mm-hmm. He's the lead pastor of Storyside Church in Belleville, Ohio. And if you've never heard of Belleville, Ohio, there's good reason. It's a booming <laughs> metropolis of 1,900 people. Wow. And it's situated right in between Columbus and Cleveland. It's about 60 miles, I think, from Columbus, 75 miles from Cleveland. Wow. And uh, 1,900 people, yet Pastor Micah's church and Storyside Church is well into the thousands in attendance every week. So his church attendance is larger than the population of the town he is in. That's amazing. And he tells the story of, of how he came to Belleville. In 2001, his wife's family is from that area, and after 9-11 and the attacks there, they went to be with family, and mm. they've been there ever since. And he talks about how he felt stuck and wondering, he had a call of God on his life. He wanted yeah. to pastor a church, felt a big church in his heart and wanted to do something. And here he is in small town, Ohio. What could he possibly do feeling stuck? And he planted a church there 17 years ago. And the church for 10 years grew to 180 people. And seven years ago, man, it turned a corner. And so I press into uh, into asking him what it was that turned that corner. And he talks about how how many things he he had to relearn and Mm -hmm. redefine for himself. And so I press into that and we find out why 
and what got him unstuck. It's a fascinating conversation. Can't wait to share it with all you. Let's go now to my conversation with Pastor Micah Pelkey from Storyside Church. Well, hey, Micah, welcome to GoCast. So good to see you, my friend. Awesome to see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great, man. So, all right. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry uh, and your ministry journey. And in particular, man, how did a Canadian, I got to put that in there, I got to throw that in there. How did a Canadian from the Maritimes end up pastoring a church in North Central Ohio? <laughs> oh, Canada. Yeah. I was actually, uh, I was born and raised in Canada. Uh, people often ask me which part, and I tell them my whole body, but <laughs> that's not funny. I was born in New Brunswick. Yeah. And my dad, they pastor Prince Edward Island, uh, Montreal, Quebec, Prince George, British Columbia. So I was all over. All over Canada. Went to Bible college in Canada. And after uh, graduating uh, three years, uh, just since the travel, uh, really wasn't something that most would have thought was my gifting yeah. to, to preach and travel and do evangelism, but continued to sense it. And so I had a friend of mine that his dad pastored in Ohio, and they agreed to have me on a Tuesday night, uh, West Jefferson, Ohio. And so came to Ohio, shared a message, completely bombed. Uh, recognizing Jesus in the midst of the storm, and it was brutal. Uh, that was uh, that was my start uh, in Ohio, and ended up traveling for for years after, and married a girl from Ohio, and now settled here in Ohio. That's awesome. So, talk to us about StorySide. I mean, the, it, the church you've got is is remarkable. Um, so, talk to us about StorySide and the journey there. Yeah. So, what you know, with StorySide, uh, we we actually settled here. Uh, through uh, through 9/11, actually, I was I was speaking in Niagara Falls, and 9/11 happened. Uh, the church I was at, the pastor came out to the motorhome, told us about it. My wife's family's from here. Yeah, and so we ended up getting in the motorhome, coming here to Ohio uh, to check on her family. Never dreaming, really, never imagining that we would end up plugging into a friend of ours' church. You know, plugging in our motorhome. And two weeks turned into two months to, you know, now 17 years later, but uh, planted a church uh, in the heart of Mansfield. Yeah. And several times. And now we're in Belleville, Ohio, Mount Vernon, Ohio, Ontario, Ohio, three locations. But uh, very thankful we're, we're coming up on the 17 year mark. That's awesome. That is incredible. So it, it, that's, the church wasn't always called StorySide. So you recently changed the name. That, and right. and uh, so what's the meaning behind the name StorySide? Yeah, so we, we started as City Church, and part of it was a name birthed out of our location. So we were downtown uh, meeting in the basement of a hotel. Then we went to a high school gymnasium. Uh, then we bought a property on the square downtown. So we were City Church. I ended up being able to purchase what is now 41 acres in Belleville, Ohio, which is 1,900 people. Wow. So it was 20 minutes from where we were at, farmland, uh, right off the highway, but just a smaller area. And so people would always joke about, you know, city church in the country and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we debated for several years about changing the name, but I want it to be really strategic. I wanted to make sure it was for the right reasons. You know, sometimes churches get stuck and they're like, we need a name change. Yeah. And I just knew it was so much more than that. So we ended up hiring a company and perfectly processing it, looking at our options. Uh, after some studies, we settled on StorySide. We wanted a church uh, that was unique uh, to our name. 
And so when the company came in from Texas, they actually told us, they said, uh, Micah, my wife's angel, they said, and we've never been to a church that people talk about, you know, the downside of their story or the dark side of their story as much as you. Uh, people will will just openly share about where they've come from and messes they got themselves into and how God's helped them. And so when they first pitched the name StorySide uh, to us, it was so unique. Uh, you know, it was a name all to itself. But when they began to talk about there was three parts to the name, the first being God writes good stories. Mm. That if God picks up the pen, it doesn't matter what your past is, doesn't matter what you've been through. If he picks up the pen, it can have a good ending. And immediately I could feel the tears welling up. You know, I was sitting here in this room Yeah. when they first pitched it to me, the company from Texas. And uh, the second part of the name is there's two sides to your story. And so our S is two-sided and has a break in the middle. And the top of the S starts with black. The bottom of the S is green. Right. And uh, the branding of the logo and stuff, they started sharing with me that uh, the middle of your story, the two sides to your story is pre-Christ and post-Christ. And how that the beginning of your life, you know, we're born in sin, but it could be dark, could be dreary. Uh, and so thus the symbolism of black. But when you come to Christ and grace and mercy and hope, uh, green and life and newness and old things pass away. And so uh, just just as they begin to share with me the purpose and, and the meaning of StorySide, the third part of our name is that there are a lot of people out there that wouldn't believe a sermon but they would believe your story. So you should tell your story. Yeah. Uh, so every chance we get to tell stories, to encourage people to tell stories. So that's our name, story side. People sometimes say, is it story time? Is it- <laughs> uh, story side. Yeah, that is awesome. I, I love that. So, okay. So I, I got to ask this because I mean, your, your first campus is in Belleville, uh, Ohio, and it, 1900 people live in Belleville. Okay. So, so just give our, our listeners a perspective of your church, because when I say your church is amazing, it's amazing. So Belleville, population 1900, how big is your church now? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not sure the exact number that call it home. You know, when you hear Carrie Newhoff or Andy Stanley or different ones talk about people that come 17 times a year, or, you know, even you get some of the Easter Christmas ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, for us, you know, on a weekend, it would be in the several thousand range. Uh, and then our new locations are less than a year. You know, Easter, Mother's Day, you know, we can be in that 5,000, 6,000 range. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very humbled by all of it and the growth and stuff. I, you know, I laugh sometimes. We get a lot of little mom and pop shops around and I love them. I leave my coffee creamer there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go to breakfast there and talking to some of these older guys that are like, we never dreamed in our area. You know, we would have a church with police cars and, you know, there are lights on and waving cars. And, and we didn't think that was happening here. But it's actually been a great reminder, not only for me, but for my friends that yeah. sometimes the, the thought process of I've got to go to Toronto or Atlanta or Dallas or L.A. or New York. And I love what God's doing in those places. But if you're in the middle of nowhere and you feel maybe even forgotten, there is hope. There's yeah. people that live there. There's people that will drive. Uh, don't give up on God. You know, don't don't assume that you need to move. Uh, a lot of times it's God that needs to move. And so, you know, just an encouragement. I used to think all the time, if I could just get in a good place, you know, God could do something awesome. But StorySide has just reminded me and hopefully even our listeners today, uh, God can move exactly where you're at. 
I love that. I wanted I wanted you to share that because because of exactly that because I know there's pastors listening that are in a small town. We when we make the excuses that hey it can't happen here because we're limited by population, we're limited by that. But man, God doesn't have any limitations, and it, I mean you're a testament to that. I love 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 that story and love love your perspective and and uh, man, it's when I first saw saw the population of Belleville and and saw your church, I was like, what? <laughs> it's uh, that's amazing. All right, so you're very passionate about uh, about people, and in particular about reaching the lost. So, so what do you do to keep your church uh, outsider focused? Yeah, you know, in my travels, you know, you hear different numbers. People will say the average church in North America is 92, or some will say 76. There's different studies, but uh, you know, 80 percent of churches are less than 150. When you hear about five levels of church growth and stuff, you know, predominantly by far, you know, and I was part of it growing up. My dad pastored churches that I'm very thankful for my heritage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, across Canada, across America, I think I've been in over 300 churches now. And people often tell me, Micah, you know, we want to reach the lost. Pastor Micah, we want to be involved. We want to influence our community. Pastor Micah, you know, people in our schools, our subdivisions, like I want to reach them. And then the moment you start talking through the direction or the dynamics of that, they're like, but we don't want to change. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, or we don't want to lose the comfortability or the relationships or, and it could be everything. It's, it's not just, it's not just the style. Uh, it could be everything from service times. It could be, you know, if we have two or three or four services, I'm not going to see everyone. And we, we say, we say we want to grow, but then I don't, well, you know, it, it sounds so simplistic to say the Great Commission is go. Yeah. But people will will tell me that all the time. Pastor Mike, we want our church to grow, but then they don't go. Yeah. And really, they don't want it to grow. Uh, so it's almost like their actions speak louder than their words. That we say we want to reach the lost. We say we want to reach communities. But I don't know if we really, really mean it. Mm. Uh, it, it, sound, it sounds good in a prayer request or a prayer time or a ministry moment. It sounds good to say it, but will we go? Will we work it? You know, is the second mile built into the DNA of our church? And so for us, you know, I think we had to start there, you know, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was, we're about 180 people. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it was really challenging myself and our team and our church. Are we willing to pay the price? You know, T.D. Jake says it'll work if you work it. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to get uncomfortable? Are you teachable? You know, I always say the definition of teachability uh, is are you willing to relearn everything you think you already know? And so are you willing to do those things? And we've done, you know, one of my favorite things we do it every year, at least once, if not twice, is our Be a Bringer series. I, I love that. Yeah. Partnering, you know, with our communities and schools and and sporting events and daycares and your church has to buy into it. Uh, I think if 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 we don't buy into it, you know, it, it sounds good on paper, it sounds good in prayer, but if you're not taking action steps, you know, it's it's not it's not going to happen. That's so good. Uh, I love that. So I just, I, I just gonna back up for a second because you said something really powerful there. So I mean, you said that, uh, earlier that the church is seventeen years old, correct? Yes. All right, but you just also said that about seven, eight years ago, the church was at one hundred and eighty. So, so I mean, there's, there's a- almost ten years 
of growing the church to 180, and then all of a sudden now you're in the thousands, um, and you've seen explosive growth, obviously, in the last seven years. So talk to us about what shifted in you and what shifted in the church to see that kind of growth. Yeah, I always tell people when they ask similar questions, I think the biggest thing that changed was me. Uh, I didn't like the area I'm in, you know, just to be honest. I, I, I felt like I got stuck here because of September 11th. Shortly after that, you know, they had found count, uh, cancer in me, a carcinoid uh, tumors. And, you know, with doctor's reports in this area, and I'm thinking, like, I got stuck here. Like, uh, this is not where I would have picked. Right. And so I think I had to wrestle through that. You know, it affected really every area of my mind, my heart, marriage, family. I have four amazing kids. And I think God was waiting on me. So that's where I would start. I, I think I had to get settled and stabilized. I think God, you know, I don't want to get emotional, but I think God had to trust me. Mm. Like, Micah, I'm not giving you all these people if you're not ready, ready for it. And so I had to get me right. And I challenge pastors all the time, you know, when they're asking now, what's the five things, the 10 things? You know, I, I, uh, I tell people all the time, just make sure you're okay. And whether wow. that's counseling or sabbaticals or spiritual health, make sure you're good uh, because it's almost unfair for God to give us all these people if, you know, if we're not even ready to handle it. Wow. So that would be my, my first thing. You know, Angel and I started counseling. I revisited things from my childhood, you know, dealt with some areas of offense in my life, just different things. Um, you know, TD Jake says, you know, not to keep quoting him, but not all of your critics are wrong. And <laughs> there was some things I need to work on in my life. And so I'm grateful for the people that helped me in that season. Yeah. I, I, I reentered coaching. I saw I hired an art coach, uh, the association related churches at that time, yeah. Keller, and he was great for me. And then, and I truly found a pastor. Um, so I, I truly found, I, I truly found a pastor and his name was Kevin Gerald. He's my pastor now. And like a second dad to me, but courageous conversations, giving me direction, uh, confronting areas of my life. I am so, so, so thankful for Kevin Gerald. And so I asked Pastor Kevin in that same season if he would be my pastor. And he agreed. And Angel and I, our family, have submitted ourselves to him. Yeah. And so it's honoring him, but also just accountability, responsibility, transparency. So, you know, in a lot of ways, that's where it started. It started getting us right. Mm. And then, you know, with the church, you know, really everything now, our first impressions, our waves of greeting, our dream teams, our, I live and breathe that stuff now. Viewing things through the eyes of that unchurched, de church person. What's right. the pathway of the VIP? You know, so when Disney and other places are, te- you know, they're telling us the first two to three minutes matter. The first seven minutes matter. When you start viewing church that way, you know, I grew up where it was like, let's have good church. Like yeah. whatever it takes to have good church. And not realizing that those, those initial steps and those initial interactions, how vital they were, yeah. how much they mattered. And so for us now, we put as much emphasis on the passerbys as we do parishioners, if you would. So the people that are passing by our entrances, our exits, the signage teams, uh, the people in costumes, the waves, the horns, you know, blowing, that they may pass by, pass by, pass by, but we're believing they're going to turn in. And so... 
you know, just really our parking lot, our first impressions, our hospitality, all those things shifted seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Whether it was our service times, our service opportunities, you know, the service lane, our transitions. Uh, you know, I was raised spirit-filled, spirit-led. And so finding really that rhythm of how can we have the Holy Spirit, how can we have the presence of God, uh, but still reach that person, you know, that that is unchurched, that, you know, I grew up with four-hour services and church four or five, six times a week. And, and finding that rhythm uh, was really important. So how, how long are your services now? I would say right now we're about 75 minutes right. for take. And I try to keep that five or 10 minute window either way. We may yep. come in at 68 minutes, you know, with multiple services in a day, kids checking in and out, parking yep. lot teams. I definitely have to be cognizant uh, of all of that and aware of all of that. Uh, but I also, I love ministry moments. I love prayer times. So I try to, I try to stay true to that as well. So that, that, that's, you said so much in, in that, that that's really, really cool. But I mean, let's just pull on this idea of, of, okay, I mean, being spirit filled, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, but then also having a passion to reach the souls. And so there's some things that you had to shift. There's some things that you had to shift as, as a church. But I think there's always this idea, this tension that we have to somehow compromise in order to reach the lost. But man, the Holy Spirit's whole purpose was to, to preach the gospel. So, so I mean, we, we, I mean, you're not feeling like you're having to compromise anything, you know, as a spirit-filled pastor leader in order to reach the lost. No, I mean, on my on my end, I don't know that I've ever felt more comfortable uh, in my skin right now. Yeah. Than I do at 46 years of age. I, you know, I will t I will talk about sin. I will talk about, you know. The Holy Spirit, prayer language, yeah, you know the gifts and fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, you know I was I was raised so rigid, you know, and so regular. I was raised very conservative, and so you know, growing up, no TV, no movies, no shorts. You know, my mom dresses, no makeup. You know, I was just raised very conservative. Even now here in Ohio, people are like, "Were you Amish?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that, that's how they relate it. Like, yeah, electricity. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, nope, just New Brunswick, Canada. How fast do those buggies go? Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, people down here, when they start hearing my childhood, they want to connect it to that. Yeah, that's but awesome. Then a night. But I think for me, you know, I think for me, I, I grew up always, always assuming that God was mad at me. Always wondering, am I saved? You know, is he still okay with me? Right. You know, am I going to be the one of the ones he turns away? Mm. And so I, I, I don't feel like I was raised to run to God. I feel like I always spent time running away from him that the moment I thought he was mad or upset, I'd take off. Like yeah, he's going to get me now. Yeah. And you know, the older I got, I started thinking, I don't want to be part of ministry. I went through some of those seasons. I don't yeah. want to be part of ministry. I don't want to pastor. And so and when I was studying 25, I went and got a job for a year, year and a half worked at a sports complex and, you know, that call, that purpose just wouldn't get away from me. And I, I would often find myself telling God, like, I'm not your guy. Like, I'm not your guy. Yeah. I, I, that's not what I want to do. I don't like politics. I don't like clicks. I, I'm not that person. But I always knew when I'd run into people and they were broken and they were hurting, like, I always knew God loves you. God can help you. 
and I, I would always leave those conversations like, I wish someone could help them. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And probably not realizing yeah. that God wanted me to be that someone the whole time. And so, you know, as far as trying to, when people say, you know, is it greasy grace? Is it shallow? You know, I bet you that church, you know, they've given up on the truth and left the old landmark and form of godliness and denying the power, <laughs> all the stuff people say. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe any of those things for, yeah. you know, for myself or story side. I would say the difference is that, that, that I think God is helping me to speak the truth in love. I think that, that he's helping me to give grace with guidance that, you know, before we ever say go and sin no more, we sort of going to like kneel down and help the woman in the dirt. Like yeah. before we ever tell a woman at a well, like you've been married five times and number six isn't good. Like you, you at least got to have grace or mercy on the front end. And, and I think I, I was maybe raised where truth was on the front end. Yeah. I think it's 17 times, give or take. It's something like that in scripture where you'll find grace and truth or mercy and truth in the same verse. Yeah. And a lot of times it'll say things like grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I think earlier on, I was trying to do truth first and mm. like, I'll give you grace later. And so I think that's, that's something where God's really been helping me that Micah, 68 minutes, 75 minutes, 82 minutes, you know, I can work in a moment. I've seen people in one prayer, one moment, one hand raise, make life changing decisions. So it's not so much about preparation and planning for me as it is. I want the presence of God in every service. Yeah. I always get in my truck. I love my truck. <laughs> I always get in my truck. And I, I just want to know in my heart, was the Holy Spirit there today? Was conviction there today? Was grace and hope there today? That's always my biggest thing. It's it's not, honestly, it's not even the attendance numbers. And it's not, was I 68 minutes or 90 minutes? I've been in four-hour services before where I don't know if God did much of anything. <laughs> um, I just want to know, like, was was God at work today? Yeah. Did someone leave? And so, you know, did, did someone leave with hope? And that's, that's it for me. I, I, I went through seasons where I wanted to appease. You know, even family members, right? Some of the people that are in my world and my life, people I went to Bible college with. I, I went through years of, you know, I want to make sure everyone's okay with me, and I want to make sure everyone, you know, still believes Micah loves Jesus. <laughs> I had to get past all of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes we think men pleasers. Yeah. You know, is is everyone outside the church? I think some of the most pressurized men pleasers I know is in the church. <laughs> where we're always trying to please people like I do love Jesus. I love his word. I love the Holy spirit. No, I still hold on to the truth and trying to get past all of that. Yeah. Like a pastor, people that have been here for a while. I don't think it's either, or I love people that have been at story side for 15 years mm. pastor them, but don't you stop reaching uh, for that person that's far away from God. And you know, and, and acknowledging that it's, it's important for both. You know, I, I want to get off track, but you know, I, I'll ask people all the time, what do you love best about story side? What drew you to story side? And even some of the answers I get, I think of one business owner that told me, uh, we were talking one day and he's like, I love that you start on time. He's like, it's my favorite thing. I love that you start on time. Wow. And I'm thinking, how is that your answer? <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> I like that we started on time. Yeah. But then I started thinking in my life 
of churches that could start late, go three, four hours, you know, guys that were getting up at four, five, six o'clock the next morning and we're rolling till 10, 11 at night. Yeah, yeah. I must say we didn't care, but I don't know if it was ever on our radar. Like just because we have a start time and a stop time, does that mean we're religious? Does that mean that we don't love the presence of God? Or does that mean that we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to be respectful. Some people are working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. They barely have time to get to their kids' game. Like some people didn't even, you know, eat dinner. Yeah. And I want I want to be respectful of that. Like I think you can love your family and love God. Yeah, that is so good. And it really is all about respecting people and focusing on the people you're trying to reach. Uh, that that's really good. So, uh, all right. So talk to me about how many salvations uh, are, are, that did StorySide have, let's say, in the last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that number for people that would you know, make a commitment or recommitment, a fresh start. I, I think it's probably around five or 600. Yeah. Um, I think, I think our baptisms, I'd have to look, I think our baptism 156 or something. Yeah. We, we had last year. Um, so, you know, I, I know the last four or five years we're, we're well over 600 water baptisms. That's awesome. And so it's, that's awesome. Oh, I, I always go back to, I always go back to the angels rejoicing over one. Yes. And I never get tired of that. And I, I never, I never get tired. You know, we, we got one guy in our church. His name is Terry Wolf. He's in his eighties. Uh, he came home from serving our country. Uh, I think he was around 20 and came home from serving our country, not realizing multiple deaths in his family. There was no family to come home to. Oh my goodness. And turned on God and thought if there was a God, why would this happen? And Terry was out of church. If I remember correctly, 67 years Wow! Uh, until he visited story side. And now he's on our safety team. He helps some with our photography team. And I went to the Cleveland Indians game with him the other night. I never get tired of hearing those stories. Uh, someone getting baptized, you know, someone giving their heart to Christ, someone wow. following Jesus book. And it's just story after story after story like that for me that keeps me going. It's like, it's worth it. Uh, We're not just having good church. And I like good church, but I like on the weekends when heaven can get on its feet and angels can start cheering. Amen. Uh, That that fires me up every week. I never get tired of it. And so... Yeah, I mean, stories like that is is reminds us when you have that. It's this is why we do what we do, and and we can fight through the struggles and the battles. But when you see a life change like that, that is that is awesome. So good. So, what what has been your most effective strategy as a church for for winning souls? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things that come to mind, but like like I said, it's so simple. But I love our Be a Bringer series. Yeah. Uh, you would like you would like to think. You would like to think that, you know, our, our people are just going to bring people every weekend, every service, like they're just going to bring people. So is, is that, that's a series that you teach your people to how, how to invite or how does that work? Yeah. So our, our, our be a bringer series, I'll, I'll do it sometimes twice uh, a year. And so, you know, usually at least once, Yeah. but it's three, it's three weeks. And so, you know, just in a nutshell for us. Uh, just in a nutshell, one weekend is going to be friends. One weekend is going to be family. One weekend is going to be coworkers or classmates. Oh, cool. And so it's amazing how we all have them. We all have hopefully some friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're my friend. <laughs> uh, 
but we have our friends, we have our, our coworkers and classmates, we have family. Yeah. And yet we could go week after week after week and not really the text, the email, the call, the social media posts, we give them touch cards and tools and they don't invite them. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when I challenge the church to do it, we've done it for years now and it's been a godsend. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've had holiday weekends, long weekends where it's been some of our highest attended uh, weekends because we strategically put family weekend or something on one of those weekends. And so wow. you could have photo booths, you could give away free popsicles or snow cones. You, you know, we try to do drawings, you know, draw for water park passes or, you know, for date nights or, you know, we'll give away gifts. And, you know, when we do coworkers, you know, we'll give away books or we'll draw for, you know, if they give their business name or card, we'll draw for a paid lunch for their entire staff and, you know, cover lunch for their entire staff. At the wow. Restaurant. That's cool. But, you know, the messages, the songs revolve around it. You know, you get on friend day, you know, and you start talking about the four friends that brought their lame man, you know, their lame friend to yeah. Jesus tear the roof off when Jesus saw, you know, the faith of the friends. It's not even the lame guy. They saw the faith of the friends yeah. and, you know, tells the guy, you know, take up your map, man, you know, and changes his life yeah. because of four friends. And so you just start talking about real friends, bring you closer to Jesus. Uh, real friends will go the second mile. Real friends believe you don't have to stay where you're at, you know, that there's more in you, that God is more. You know, and just, it's so basic, but you just close, you know, the message, look at the friend beside you, tell them, thank you for being a friend. You know, maybe it was when you went through the divorce or you lost your job or, you know, a death in your family, but that friend didn't walk, you know, didn't walk out on you. Look at your friend, tell them, thank you for being a friend. Wow. You know, as we get ready to pray today, let me tell you about the greatest friend. You know, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. His name is Jesus. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Maybe you're here today and you need that kind of a friend. And, and so those be a bringer series, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. I've talked about on the coworker Sunday with Nehemiah, you know, uh, the King told Nehemiah said, I've never noticed you sad in my presence before. I've never seen your countenance down in my presence before. And you start talking about, you know, people that take mm. drama to work. Yeah. It's around the water cooler. It's in the lunchroom. Like you always take your drama to work and stir up a bunch of crap, you know, at the company you're working at. And you shouldn't do that. You know, if you're sad, it should stand out. Yeah. And it's amazing how how many times that business owners, business leaders will come up even after those series and messages and be like, I'm so glad you shared that. <laughs> you know, so just talking about like if anyone can be trusted in the company, yeah. you know, with the, the bank deposit or the checkbook or the credit card should be you. Yeah. Uh, you should be the one to come early, leave late. You know, they should count on you. And so it just causes people, our worship pastor, I think you've met Pastor Kristen. Yes, yep. She she came on Coworker Sunday, uh, a coworker in yeah. her. She's going through a divorce. Uh, she came on Coworker Sunday and wasn't even sure she was going to come in. Uh, was in her car in the parking lot. One of our parking lot guys, she says, knocked on the window and said, you're not going to leave, you're coming in. And she did. And she's unreal. Wow. You know, she's one of our campus pastors here and leads worship, writes songs. She is a godsend and she would have come through coworker Sunday. Wow. And so when you ask about some of the strategic ways that, that has helped us grow, when we ask people how many of you came in our coworker series, there'll be families that, that will acknowledge it all over the room, whether it was friend day, family day, coworker day, something wow. or key families. Wow. And so 
it's it's really simple, but I think it can help every church. And so you celebrate, you have giveaways, it's fun, but it gets your people into the mindset of be a bringer. That is really cool. Yeah, I think it's the plan of God. Yeah, that is that is awesome. I, uh, thanks for sharing that. That's really really cool. I know that's going to stir up a whole bunch of ideas uh, from from pastors. Man, this is this has been so good. Thanks so much, Micah, for doing this. Uh, talk talk to me a, a little bit about your student ministry because I mean you you guys really I mean your kids your children's ministry your youth ministry you guys really put an emphasis on on that as well. Talk to us about your family ministry and and why you think that's so important. Yeah, so. You know, for, for me, we're always tweaking, trying to learn. I'm in the middle right now of just how can we do it better and what do we need to improve on and things like that. So I, I don't have all the answers, but hey, definitely when it comes to kids and students, I would think they are a top, top, top priority. To mm. And so one of the main things for me would be, you know, the internship program. You know, we have little leaders that's ages 7 to 11. We have a summer internship for junior high and high school. We have college uh, interns, you know, always pouring into, always training. You know, I'm drawn to the scripture where the Bible says Abraham armed men of his own house. Yeah. You know, and nothing against reaching out, you know, trying to find young leaders everywhere else. But I would love to raise them up in-house Yeah. Uh, as well. And so that's a big deal for me. And then, then honestly, just eliminating the whole like, they're the church of tomorrow. They're the church of the future. Like always kicking that can down the road kind of a thing. Yeah. I think we do it right now. And so whether or not that's our family serve, our internship program, you know, even our, our staff, uh, I am constantly utilizing uh, youthful people under the umbrella. Of, you know, my pastor always says, thing three is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Paul told Timothy, stir up the things I was in your mother and your grandmother. That's three. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's three. Yeah, that's good. And so, you know, whether or not it's our pre-service videos, our parking lot, our stage, there's, there's, I can't think of a weekend that we don't, but there's rarely a weekend that we wouldn't sit down and say, okay, if you visit Storyside this weekend, will you see the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? Is there going to be someone that could be in the Abraham season of their life? Someone that's in the Isaac season, someone that's in the Jacob season. So when you come to story side, it's not a church for older people or middle age or younger. It's all. It's yeah. All great. Um, and so that's really a priority to us. So we're always trying to give them an opportunity. And so you could see a 16 year old on the per team. Um, you know, you could see a 19 year old doing the communion. Uh, you, you could see students as part of our five on fives or seven on fives. And then we'll spend hours, play, pause, play, pause, coaching them. What could you do different next time? What could you work on? What could you improve? You know, teams with longevity, they'll always say, well, they have a healthy farm system. You know, they have a deep farm system. What we're saying is that they're not just playing the season for right now, that they actually find their own thing that they built themselves for long term. And so I love, I love our kids and students being a priority, not just in student nights, not just in kids ministry. All of that really matters to me. Um, but I also want to raise them as leaders. Like now you're a leader right now. You're a leader in the locker room. You're a leader on the football field. You're a leader, you know, in, in your home, your family and getting that in their DNA right now, like you are a leader. And so I love kids. I love students. And you know, it's one of my favorite things, honestly, is the pour into them. 
That is awesome. And, and it, it resonates in your, in your heart as you, even as you're talking about it, man, that resonates so powerfully. And I think that's why your, your, your student ministry is, is stands out in that way too, is because it's, you're so passionate about, man, this has been so good. There is so, you got, I mean, so much material you've given us. It, man, is there, is there a question that I, I haven't asked that I should have? Who my favorite hockey team is. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't want to go there. <laughs> I actually, uh, I'm so excited. Uh, so I grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan. Yeah. Uh, it's where my dad passed when I was in high school. But so excited that a lifelong dream of mine has been to get involved with chaplaincy. Yeah. Uh, in pro sports. And so I did a chapel service in the NFL for the Bengals last year. I did a chapel service a couple weeks ago for the Detroit Lions, and I've just loved it. Uh, That's awesome. Affinity for sports, but being able to see them not just as athletes, but to see them as men, to see them as a husband or a dad, as someone who wants to be a Christ follower, I have loved it. And then recently found out, is what I was going to share, I recently found out that I'm going to start a shadowing process uh, to be a chaplain for an NHL team. and. Uh, hopefully all goes well. That is awesome. Continue to help. So I'm pumped. So I'm excited. That is, that is really exciting. That's man. That's really cool, man. This has been so good. And I know there's, there's, I'm sure lots of questions that pastors have or like to learn a little bit more, even about your be a bringer series or your kids ministry or all the different things that you got going on. Um, and you know, pastors in, in small towns that maybe needed encouragement. So where can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, even though I don't want to be on Facebook, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Twitter, uh, Micah Pelkey, M-I-C-A-H-P-E-L-K-E-Y, Micah Pelkey, and then storysidechurch.com, or if you want to email me, Micah P at storysidechurch.com. But anything we can do to help, uh, especially those guys that feel like maybe you're in rural America. Uh, or you're in a small town, whether it's Canada or across the states here, uh, anything we can do to help, uh, we would love to do that. And then whether it's be a bringer or internship or anything else, if if it's something that can help your church turn the corner, we'd love to do that. That's awesome. Well, man, thank you so much. I'd highly endorse uh, pastors to to look you up. I mean, you, you've been such an encouragement to my wife and I, and, and we love you. And we're, we're really, really pumped with what God is doing in StorySide, your new building, all the good, man, all the exciting stuff that's going on. So thank you so much for being on the program. Love your family. Yeah. Can I, can I say a prayer over all the pastors and leaders that, that may be watching this? Yeah, please do. God, I just thank you so much for our time together today. And if someone listens to a piece or part of this and they're feeling like it's hopeless, there's no way out, they're not sure what the next move is, God, I pray even right now, I, I do believe in your timing. And as they're listening, as they're watching, God, I just believe that you'll order steps. You can open and close doors. And God, I just pray for renewed strength. I pray for someone to believe in Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in well-doing or in due season. Uh, and I pray even as someone listens to this, that a due season will come, a harvest will come. I've been there. I've, I've been discouraged and depressed. I've laid on the floor. I've wanted to quit. I've wrote resignation letters. Uh, but I also know there's life on the other side of that. And so whether it's Simon Peter going back to a boat, Micah laying on a floor, I know what it's like. But there is a Pentecost. There is a next steps. There is a temple. Mm. And so I pray that you'd help someone to believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, thank you so, so much. 
I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too. Bless you. What a great conversation with my friend, Pastor Micah Pelkey. I really appreciate how he just prayed for us. You can feel his heart right there and his heart for pastors and leaders yes. and the anointing on that. I, I received that prayer. It was so good. What, what yeah. was your big takeaway? I mean, my biggest takeaway with Mike Kapelke is anytime that he's in the room, you just sense this serious, uh, this feeling of humility coming off. Yeah, of him. so true. He's not trying to show off or anything. He's just yeah. a guy, you know, in a small town doing big things. And uh, my biggest takeaway from this podcast, honestly, is when he says that, you know, people may not believe a sermon, but they'll definitely believe your story. So and where you've come from to where you've been is hard to argue with. Yeah, so good. I love that. I love the be a bringer yeah, idea. That series. That, that series idea. I'm totally ripping that off. That is, <laughs> that is, that is for real. I love uh, just the simplicity of it. But I also love the fact that he he talks about how we, he has conversations with people in his congregation years later, mm-hmm. and they came into the church, got saved in the church because of that series yes. and the impact that that's had. So I love that. I think there's many of us pastors that are going to take that. It, it was great. What a great time. Thanks so much for joining us. In our next episode, I get to have a conversation with my good friend, Brandon Barber. He's the lead pastor of Elevate People in Houston, Texas. And this is a very inspiring conversation. Here's a little clip from it. And I think it's a challenge to us. Like, what is the place as pastors and leaders? What is our well moment? What is the place where we can go and we lead somebody to the Lord that refreshes our soul, that that reminds us why we're called to do what we do? Wow. Where you don't post about it on Instagram. You don't share with the post. Like, literally, that story is just between you and the Lord. Mm. And it's for you. And you got to find the places that remind you how to keep loving on people. All right. Can't wait for next episode and my conversation with Pastor Brandon Barber. Thanks so much for joining us at GoCast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.